Today's daf is daf Nuntes. We are holding a quarter of the way down on Nunches Amadez at the two dots, Tanu Rabbonon. So we learned in the Mishnah that if a person has his fields taken by a Sikrikon, Sikrikon, they would uh, basically give the uh, Jewish sellers an offer they could not refuse. Their lives were on the line. And that, so we said there were really actually a number of phases. By, during the Melchama, where Jewish blood actually was very cheap, because it was like even on one of the first, in the first enactment that the Romans had put in, it was uh, that if you don't kill a Jew, it's a capital offense if you come across a Jew. Then it went down to, well, you get a penalty of four Zeus, but Jewish life was very cheap, and therefore, during the Muhammad, they actually... When a Jew sold over, I mean, gave over his properties to the Sukhikun, it was considered a complete detachment from it. And therefore, if another Jew would buy from the Sukhikun, he would not have, there was no recourse for the, for the original Jews. Shimon had bought it from the Evgechavim, would own it outright. After the Mechama, already things got a little better, and it got to a point where even it was considered to be a capital offense for even the Evgechavim to kill another Jew, but there was still that fear of death that was, uh, they remembered the old days, and therefore, it wasn't clear that he's giving it over completely, but, so that was the question exactly, so there were different shlavim of the takana came out at the end, that, that the Ovid Kuchavim had, for tw- first 12 months, no Jew should buy from him, and the original uh, Jew who it was taken from should have the right to go and try buy it back, but if 12 months had passed, and the original Jew was unable to get it back, if another Jew buys it from the Ovid Yechavim, or if he bought it from the Ovid Yechavim during the 12 months, and then 12 months were up, then he no longer has to give it back to the original Jew, but he does have to give him a 25% refund, because that's generally the value of what he benefited from the Sukrikun who would sell it, at a, at, a, at a discount. But the, 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 the Bryson now says, Let's say, this had nothing to do with Sikrikun. These aren't people that there were death threats. But this fellow came and made up, it could be a trumped up charge, that the Jew owed him money. And because the Jew owed him money, he seized an equivalent amount of land. Or, Umarbas Anpirus. Anpirus is, Raji says, it's Mamash Gezel, meaning there was really not even an, a valid claim. You know, he, didn't, he didn't even try to make it under the guise of a claim. He just went and he copped a Jew's property. But remember, this Raji points out, he's not during a, a secret situation where the Jew's life was in the balance. So, Therefore, the Bryce learns, this does not, he's not subject to the Sikrikun laws. Uh, that which means, basically, uh, the way Raj explains it, is that the original Jew has a right to get back his property without even paying, meaning that any Jew buys from this uh, person who stole it from the first Jew, he's going to, based on going to rule that you have to give the land back with no financial recourse. You should not have got involved. This was clear out and out gezel. This was a trumped up charge of chav. It's got nothing to do with sikrukum. It's not even a havamina that the Jew meant to give it over because his life wasn't in the balance. And therefore, the second Jew would have to write it over back to 
the original Jew, without any, do not even a 25, there's no 20, not garnished. No matter what you pay, doesn't matter, you're going to lose all that money. Shimon gives back the land. That's it. Shalom al Now, the, uh, the, the, the last clause in the Brysa, which is going to be enigmatic, Van Pirus Atzma, the case of where the Jew stole it, the, 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 the Ovid Chalam stole it from the Jew, the land, you should make, keep the land 12 months by the Ovid Chalam before you go ahead and purchase. Now, that's completely contradicting what we learned before. Because we said before that on Pirus, there's no, and it's no shaykhis to the laws of Sikrikun, which means you're always going to have to give it back to the original owner without a financial recourse. If you throw in that there's a 12-month what do you call that, you know, uh, where you have to leave it uh, in, in sales, is it, uh, you know, I mean, uh, whatever, this 12 months period of waiting, then you're comparing it to the laws of Sikrikun. When it says like this, Ha'amart ain't bamishum Sikrikun, you said on Pyrrhus, ain't bamishum Sikrikun. When it says, you're right, Achik Amar, there clearly has been a textual, it seems to be a textual uh, mistake in the Brisa, what it should say is Sikrikun Atzmo, Sikrikun Shetashah, Yud Beres Chodesh. What the bride is supposed to say, not the Ampirus what it needs to say is Sikrikun which was the Takona of Rebbe. Is that, that meaning that whether the Sikrikun is that the original owner has the right of recourse of paying the money, Ruben pays Shimon the money and takes it back, but Rebbe said it's only for the first 12 months. After the first 12 months, he can't demand it back, but he can only demand back the 25%. That's the real law of Sikrikun, as opposed to the law of Anfirun. What's stating is, Anfirun ain't bomishum Sikrikun, because, that's the way to read it, because the 12 months only applies to Sikrikun, but does not apply to the laws of Anfirun. Okay, I'm Rabbi Yosef. and we have the following Messiah. Ain Anpirus Bebovel. In, uh, in Bebovel, there's no Anpirus. Now, the simple reading that we understood men is that we don't have to worry about land being stolen from Jews. Ain Anpirus. Anpirus means what? They steal it indiscriminately. Someone says, one second. Vaka Chazina and Deika. What are you talking about? We see Jewish land being stolen all the time. So, what do you mean, Ain Anpirus? What is another Ella, Ema, Ain Din Anpirus Bebovel. That law that we stated in the earlier Brisa of Anpirus. That means that if an Ovid Yochovim indiscriminately takes land from a Jew, that if anybody buys from the Ovid Yochovim, he has to return the land to the Jew without getting any financial compensation. He says that law doesn't apply in Bovel. Why doesn't that law apply in Bovel? Because in Bovel, the judicial system by the Ovid Yochovim was more uh, sophisticated than it was in Eretz Yisrael, and it also was fairer for the Jews. And therefore, even if land was seized indiscriminately, by an Ovid Yechavim, a Jew, a Jew would know that he has recourse that he could go to the courts and he could get it back. Therefore, if a Jew, this is the way I'm going to explain, that if a Jew waited and did not do anything after 12, uh, for the first 12 months, the implication is that he does, that the actual seizing of his property was, was not necessarily indiscriminate. He cedes the rights because if in fact he felt that it was an, it was, it was a, uh, a not valid, then he would have made the claim. Therefore, if after 12 months, a Jew then goes over to the Sikrikun and, I'm not to Sikrikun, so we're not talking about Sikrikun, goes over to the Ovechachavim and purges it from him, he does not have to turn it over back to 
the original Jew without financial recompense. However, what, what, what Rashi points out, that if he did get it at a discount, he, he should still pay the 25% or whatever the discount has to be. But that's what it means in Bovel. Simone says like this, my time, I came into Ikebe Dover, because there is more of a sophisticated legal system, below Azil, uh, Kabil, uh, and this guy, the Jew, the original guy, Ruben, did not go and complain. Why don't you, why don't you press a char- press charges? The fact you didn't must be, that must be that he ceded his rights okay. and his honor. But again, it doesn't mean that after 12 months, I mean, at 12 months you have a right to do it, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to go ahead. You might still have to go ahead and pay him for the discounted, uh, could be. Now, let's go on. Morag brings down the following story. Gidel Barra Eloi. The case is like this. There was a gentleman, his name was Gidel Barra Eloi. Now just to understand this, let me set up the scenario here. It's a fascinating thing. Is that the authorities, the non-Jewish authorities, the king, who uh, was in charge of all the lands where the Jews lived, basically used to uh, uh, collect... Uh, property taxes. In Bavilla, I, I think, I, I, I'm not sure, this sounds like it's in Bavel, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I don't know. So what basically what they did was that, uh, that they would come to an area, let's say the valley. They would come to the valley and they would do a calculation of what all the property in the valley is worth based on what it can produce and they would assess the valley we need from the valley X amount. Now, the landowners in the valley would then look at all of the owners who owns and what the value of the land that they own over there and say, listen, they would self-assess among themselves, how do we get to that number? And then that number is what was paid for the taxes. Now, it sounds like they actually broke it down for the tax collector, this is the total amount, and this is how we came to it, and they gave it. It's us. It's much more seen moment that that's what is what they did. Now the point is like this: What happens if one of the property owners decided he's taking a sabbatical? Okay, he's going away. He's leaving for that year. The po- problem is his land is still getting assessed. And everybody, even though it's not producing that year, the king doesn't care, right. but it could be producing. Therefore, the rule was that if any of the other land, uh, uh, landowners leave without having sublet someone else, yeah. the rest of the owners have the right to sublet to and the collect land. that money that is coming from the person that they leased it to to help offset the total expense of what happened, right? Enjoy the fruits. What's that? Well, he, the guy who sublets, is the one who enjoys the fruits. He just has to pay the portion of the property tax, which is included in the the amount that's given to the king. So this is what happened over here. Now, this Gidel Bal Ra'iloi was the one who, uh, he was the one that sublet. He, he, He was the one that he took over the property that the original owner had left. Now, I don't know what his husband was, but he figured that he's going to be here for three years. So you know what? You know, let's pay the next three years. He gave over to the guy collecting the properties. He's uh, collecting the taxes. He says, listen, I'm having a good year, whatever it is. I'm going to prepay but for this year and the next two years. 
The problem is that the original owner showed up after year one. And the rule by the Adikachavim is any time a new person comes in to the land, there's a, he gets assessed, he has to pay again. Which means the new guy, the, the original owner coming back, says, I wasn't here for one year, you paid the taxes for one year. But now I'm gonna have to pay the taxes for the next two, uh, next two years, and your, what you gave doesn't get credited to me. Yeah. So therefore, nobody's going to give him the money. So therefore, I'm going to have to pay. The, the, so the problem is the guy that's getting stiffed over here is Gidel Ben Ra'iloi because he wants his money back, yeah. right? So who? What, so what happens here? That was the case that we're dealing with. So let's read inside. Yeah, that's what I, I said. That he he wanted a credit for the next two years. Yeah. Okay, so Gidel Baal Ra'iloi, Kabil Ara Betasko, he uh, accepted uh, the, the land paying the, with, with the, the property tax from the people of the valley. It means they, they sublet to him, which was the rule. They had the right to sublet the property that the owner had left. But Agdim Yai, he went and prepaid the money, and Rashi says, to the tax collector for three years. Lesayf, also Marvosa, but at the end of one year, Marvosa Kamai, the original owner came. So Amrule, Shosa Kamai said they have this Achal. The first year taxes that you gave, you benefited from it. That's, that's fine, no problem with it. But Hashta Ananyavinan, Ananachlinan. But now that I'm back, I'm gonna have to pay for the next two years of taxes. And therefore, the payrolls are going to go to me. Now, obviously, Gidel by Ra'iloi said, but I paid already two years credit. But he doesn't have a right to tell the owner, you can't take back your land. Your land. So, also, I made the Rappapa. They came to Rappapa. So, Rappapa initially thought, you know what? Sabar lemichtev leitirfa abnei bago. He wanted to, Bektirfa is a document of collection. It means he wanted to put into collections the people of the valley that they should make up the shortfall of the two years of taxes that this guy had given the tax collector. Now, the one is going to question why that's the legitimate ruling over here. Because they hold so, Amalei, so, Amalei, he says, I don't see why that's the fair thing to do. But you're basically saying is, and this is the Losh and the Gemara, you have to look in Rashi here, but you're dealing with the tax collector as if he is a Sekrikun. And the way we rule by a Sekrikun at the, the later Takana of Rebbe was, the Sekrikun's always covered. Either he's going to get money back from the full value of what he paid from Ruvain, or even if Ruvain, uh, 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 if Reuben takes back the land and if Reuben doesn't back the land he still only has to pay 25% but pretty much he is you're covering the Sekrikun covers the buyer from the Sekrikun and you're looking at this guy you're protecting him as if the tax collectors were Sekrikun but that's not it's not the case over here. the tax collectors are collecting legit the one who made the mistake over here was that without knowing for sure that you're going to be there for the next three years, he should not have given the two years on cre- uh, for, for credit 
of uh, in advance. You're not preparing them. So Ella Amar Ravuna Bereid Rabbi Yeshua Heinech Maosav Al Karenatzvi. That what this guy did, he put his money on the horn of a, of a deer. What does that mean? In the church. In go the go catch it. Meaning. You know, if you go through the government, go see if you're going to get your money back, because those are the only ones you can go to. The people of the valley, you can't get any money from them. The owner has a right to take back his land. Your money's not paying his taxes. He's going to have to pay his own taxes. The one who's losing over here was the guy who paid the pre-taxes. Uh, he's the one who's going to lose. And here's my host of Let's go by to him. So Mishnah Shona, we said that the original Mishnah was that if the person stole to Sikrik when he has no recourse at all, it's considered a complete transference, and even if he never got money for it, it's given to the Sikrikun, and anyone who buys it keeps it. So, but the Eastin Shalachrem, Amra, Lakamana Sikrikun, Nosin Labayalim Ravi. So we said, but the Basin after that said, that we said if 12 months have transpired and he did not buy it back from the Sikrikun or from the buyer from the Sikrikun, so then in such a case, and if he doesn't, he didn't have the money to uh, get it back, but in the very least, the guy, you've got a 25%, you've got a Ravi, a 25% benefit discount, that discount should be given to who? From Shimon, the buyer of the Sukrikun, should be given back to Ruben, the original owner. Now we're going to have a machlokus over here, it's very interesting. When we say 25%, is it mean 25% of the purchase price? Or does it mean 25% of the original value? Right? Now we're going to the see what the machlokus is of the, of the, of the value of the property, of the, of the current, not, of the value of what the property was originally valued. That's what should be. Is 25% of that or is 25% of the purchase price? Uh-huh. What is the discount that is being paid over here? So we're going to have you yeah, two, a uh, 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 Rav and Shmuel. So I'm a Rav, Revia, that the 25% that has to be paid. Again, who's paying it? Shimon is paying. Shimon's holding on to the land. He's paying Reuben that 25%. It's revealed that 25% can either be paid Bekarka or the equal amount Revia Bemos. It means that whatever that amount is, that 25% can be paid one of two ways. You could either pay 25% in cash or you could pay 25% in property. Which means like this. So for example, what that actually means is that let's say you... Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, he learns, I mean, 25% of the purchase price. So let's say the original price of the land is $100,000. All right? We're going to see the case comes out that actually what happened over here is that he sold it to you at eight, for $80,000. He sold it for $80,000. Now it comes out, what's a quarter of the purchase price? Quarter of the purchase is the discount is the quarter of the purchase. Well, that's twenty thousand dollars. So therefore, you got a twenty thousand dollar discount, which happens to be a quarter of the purchase price. You can you have to pay back the original owner one of two ways, whatever he wants. Either give it back to him in cash, which is a quarter of the purchase price, or you give him equivalent of the quarter of the, of the purchase price. Give him back a twenty thousand dollars in land. That is the position of Rob. Shmuel Amar, Revia Bekarka, we're going to see Shmuel's position is that actually the, the, the quarter that's referring to here is not the quarter of the purchase price, but it's the quarter of what the actual value. true value of the land is. Which means it's a quarter of the land, which is actually Shlish Bemos, which is only going to be a third of the purchase price. Now we're going to see, according to Shmuel, according to Shmuel, the discount is a is is a is a quarter of the value of the land. So it means if the land was worth a hundred thousand dollars, the the discount a quarter would be twenty five thousand dollars. So therefore, the twenty five thousand dollars that you're paying back 
is a quarter of the original value, but if you pay the $25,000, it's actually a third of the purchase, of the purchase price. price. Because when you, the 25 means that actually you only paid, Ruben only paid, I mean, Shimon only paid the Sikrukun $75,000. So he paid $75,000, got a $25,000 discount. So he has to pay, uh, Ruben, uh, uh, $25,000. $25,000 is either calculated as a quarter of the, of the real, to- of the total value of the land, or, or it's a third of the, of the purchase price. So it's interesting, we're going to, we're going to discuss what the machlokus over here is. But we're trying to understand, when the Mishnah said that there's a 25% discount, what is it a discount on? Is it a discount on the purchase of the purchase price, or is it a discount of a, a quarter of the true value of the land? So by my comment, Flicky, what are they arguing about? So I'm going to say it outside where you see it inside. What they're arguing about is that there was a standard rate, these sikrikun, it's like a pawn shop, these sikrikun would give a discounted rate Knowing they just want to get rid of the, they want to fence it, they want to get rid of the property. How, how much would they give off their, their, va- their true value of it? According to one opinion, it's a fifth, which is 20%. According to the other opinion, it is a quarter, which is 25%. 25%. That's going to become the machlokas here between Rav and Shmuel. Rav holds the discount of the full value was 20%, was a chomish. So therefore, that's why it was a $100,000 property, then what you ended up paying for it was 80000 So therefore, $80,000, if it's a fifth of the true value, that'll always be a quarter of the purchase price. What you pay, the discount, a fifth of the total value, is always going to be a, a quarter of the purchase price, whether it's paid in cash... Or, in land. or whether it's paid in land, because the original discount was only a, was was a fifth was was twenty percent. Shmuel, on the other hand, holds the discount is always twenty five percent of the value. original value. Twenty five percent means when it said you have to pay a revia, it's, it's the twenty five percent of the original value, but of the actual purchase price. When you when you calculate it, if it's a hundred thousand dollar property. When you calculate and you remove a quarter of it, a quarter of that amount that you got the discount will come out being, when you pay that discount, it'll end up being a third. Do the math. 25,000 means you paid 75,000. You have to pay back Ruvain 25,000. You're really paying Ruvain a third of the original purchase price. So really what the machlokas is on what, in Matthias, what was the true discount that was given by the Sukrikun to Shimon. That's the Machlokas. Everybody with me? Let's read inside. But what's the point about the land? Like, obviously land is like money. But what is yeah, it? but that means it's not up to you. It's up to the... Up to, oh, up the choice to of Ruben? Ruben. Ruben gets the choice. Too. Yes. Moses is like this. So, my ma- ma- come if What? When the, when the takes the land from the original owner, yeah. does he give him anything for So, there was a rash bomb before said no. He just takes it. He takes it. Now, someone says like this, my commitment. My sabar nechiriviazavin, that it was sold minus a quarter. It means it's a, it's a, a 20, it's a 25% discount. Alright? 25% discount was whose opinion? Shmuel. Shmuel. That no, it's a 20% discount, which was the opinion of Ram. Okay, so that we explained very nicely how that works. Mason, anyone has a final question? Zoom Mishnah is showing. Now, this is actually a brisa, but it, it, it parallels 
almost to uh, in detail, word for word, our Mishnah. What does the Brizer say? So a Mishnah is shown during the war. The Mishnah is shown, it means you had no recourse. And once it was given to the Sukrikun, the, the owner would not get it back. But based in Shacharim, the later based in came along in Amru, Halokechman, a Sikrikun. That Shimon, who purchased from the Sikrikun, knows in the Bible and reveal that at, at the very least, he has to give a revia, a revia of 25%. Again, it could mean 25% of the total price or the purchase price. We don't know yet, right? But Yad Balamal Yona, who has the stronger hand? In terms of collection, that the Ruben has a strong, the original owner, Ratsu Bakarka, Notlin, Ratsu Bemosh, Notlin. They have the right to choose what they want that collection of the 25% in, right? Now, Amosai, that's, when is this true? Bismaan, She'ain, Biyodon, Likach. That's only if they didn't have the money to buy back, to pay back for the entire property. But if they had the money to pay back for the entire property, so then, they have the first right of refusal, meaning they, you should leave it by the Sukrikun, we're going to see it at least for 12 months. That was Rebbe Stakon, right? That we're going to see for 12 months. Or even if there's somebody bought it from the Sukrikun, they can go over to that person. Ruben can go over to Shimon and say, listen, what did you pay for it? $75,000, $80,000. Here's the money and give it back. Now, Rebbe Hoshe based him, however, Rebbe felt it's too open-ended, so he basically set up a based in Benimnu, and they, they did a vote as to the opinions on the based in. It's already past 12 months, and the original owner did not get it back from the Sukrikun, so then, if Shimon buys it at that point from the Sukrikun, Shimon no longer has to return the land. The only recourse Reuben has is to collect the 25%. So therefore, Kola Kaidam Likaf, Zach, whoever comes and wants to buy from the Sukrikun can buy it. Avalnozal Abailim. Now look at the Lashin. Revia the Karka, O Revia the Mos. He can give a quarter, which is going to be equal whether he does it in land or whether he does it in money. Now whose Lashin is that? Shimon decides based on. Well, I don't know. Whose Lashin is that in the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel? Um, no, it's clearly going like Rav because Rav only according to Rav that there's a 20% discount that it's a fifth doesn't come out what you pay in land is the equal to what you pay in money because it's 20 it's talking about it's 20 when the, when the mission when the price and the mission refers to 25% it's 25% of the purchase price 25% of the purchase price is going to be which is 25 20% of the total amount but it comes out whether you in, in the same amount in land or similar amount. but that is fits mamish the lashon of Rab and it's difficult to understand according to the position of Shmuel because according to Shmuel the, he learned Radiva Karka which is only a shlish of the purchase price everyone hear the question right so I'm Ravashi so Ravashi says not a problem the way to understand the Brisa, let me explain the Brisa. But why is the Brisa, according to Shmuel, referring it to it as a review of the, a review of the purchase price? If Lachar is not a quarter of the money, it should be really the amount that's being paid is really only a third. It's so like this. Now I'll tell you what it means. It means that when you calculate how much Shimon has paid out of pocket, right? Shimon, according to let's say it's a hundred thousand dollar piece of property. So according to Shmuel, Shmuel learned is that the way it's, the way it's assessed is what, it means a quarter of the true value, which means it's, it, he pays 75000 for the 100000 He got a $25,000, uh, now, $75,000 he gave to the Stikrikun. 
He's going to have to give another $25,000 to who? To Reuven. The total amount out of pocket, the amount that he's paying Reuven of the total amount comes up being a quarter. That's what it refers to over here. Meaning you're right. Of the purchase price it's only a shlish. But to understand the price according to Shmuel when it says a quarter over here it means a quarter of the t- what he pays Reuben is a quarter of what he is out of pocket. That's what it means. So what it says like this. So After the money has come to the hand of uh, Reuben now if you step back and say, well, how much did Reuben get from Shimon? He got 25%. 25% of what? 25% of the total amount of expenditures that Shimon made. It means after Shimon paid Reuben the $25,000, it comes out that that $25,000 represents a quarter of the total amount of what Shimon ended up paying. That's how to explain it. So it can even fit the lotion of Shmuel as well. So one says like this, I'm a rab. Rav was a Talmud of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, except he actually sent him to open up the yeshiva in Bava. But before that, he was part of the based in, of, he was one of the younger members of the based in of Rebbe. So remember we said that there was a vote to determine, to create that uh, 12-month period that you can go and get it back. If you don't, then you only can collect a quarter. So I was part of that vote. In the yeshiva, uh, in the basin of Rebbe, who and I actually was the first. I gave my vote first. My opinion, my vote was first. Frankly, is that possible? For Anantanan, we learned in a mission in Sanhedrin, Dinim Amonos with Taharos with Tumas. When you're ruling on financial matters on Tumen Tahara, Maschilim in Agado, the one who gives their opinion first is the greatest of the uh, based in, right? It's only in capital offenses, they start from the side, means they start from the lesser opinions. The reason is because they were concerned that in capital offenses, if you start with the first one, the, the greatest one, it's going to influence and they're going to be nervous to argue. But anyway, we're not talking about a capital offense. Since we're not talking about a capital offense, the first one to vote should have been Rebbe. Rav was one of the younger members. Why is he the first one to vote? So, so Raji actually brings a, a pasuk. The pasuk says, "Losana al riv," that they do not uh, 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 speak up in a in a in a in a in a, uh, in a, in a machlokus. But they, the riv is written without the yud. It says, "Losana al rav." Do not argue with the greater member. But the Chachamim Hall is talking about in the, in the Sanhedrin for a capital offense. Don't cause there to be a, uh, that the younger members the, uh, are, the, are arguing or the less important are arguing with the Rav because they're going to afraid. So don't start with it. That, that's the drosha. So what, what Mona says, I'm a Rav Vareid Rav, Avitem Rav Hila Vareid Rav Volos, Shani Minyona Debei Rebbe, Dekula Minyona Minatsad, Havu Maschilin. So they, in Rebbe's base medrash, they always started the minion from the younger. Even, not only just for capital offenses, from all of them, which is why Rav went first. Now Rashi over here says the reason is because they learned the drush of Lasana Al Riv, do not start with the Rav first. He's not only for capital offense, you're applying for all. Rashi in Sanhedrin says it was because Rebbe's Anibus. Rebbe's humility, in all cases, he did not put himself going first. Now, I'm a Rabbi Bereid Ravavi, Tamer Rabbi Hilo Bereid Ravala, same person we just mentioned before. When you make Moshe Vad Rebbe, Lamatsinu Terebek Dula Bamakim Echad, that from the days of Moshe, you know, all the way down to the days of Rabbein Akadosh, 
you never found contained within the same person that he's got is the Godel Ador both in Torah and he's also Gedula Rashi learns Gedula that he has influence he has wealth that he was the most the wealthiest person of the generation as well as the greatest in Torah you had that by Moshe Rabbeinu and you have it by Rabbeinu HaKadosh what about Yeshua? You have Terebek Dula V'Makam Echon. So Mar says like this, Have Elozah, because in Yeshua's day, we had this, Elozah was alive. Mar says, Have Elozah, well, what about after Yeshua died, what about Elozah? Mar says, because Elozah had in his generation, had Pinchas. Mar says, Pinchas, after Elozah died, what about Pinchas? Mar says, Have Zakanim, the Zakanim were still around. She so can't say it's Terebek Dula, I guess they were equal in Terebek. Says Mar Zakanim, Have Shol, what a Shol Amela, he was the Melech and he was a great a wealthy person Rabbi Shmuel Shmuel was the equal of greater than him we know toward the end of Shaul's life Shmuel died there was a short period of time that Shmuel was not around so where it says Kula Shani Kamrinon when we say Terbegul Makmechad means generationally for the entire generation that wasn't true in the case of Shaul it was only for a very short time David. what about David Melech? He was Tarvik Dul where it says that Have Iro Hayairi. There was a Talmud Chacham by the name of Hiro Hayairi who was equal or greater than David in learning. He died in David's lifetime. Again, it's not generationally. It was only for a short period of time. It wasn't for the entire generation. There was Shimon ben Gera. was a great Talmud Chacham. Where it says, He executed Shimon ben Gera. Shimon ben disparaged his father, David. And on his deathbed, David said, You have to take care of him. And he executed Shimon ben Gera. So the Shimon ben Gera wasn't around anymore. Where it says, again, It wasn't the entire generation of time. So what about Chizkiyah Melech? Shavna. Shavna was around. He also was a big time. He was killed by the Melech of Asher. Again, Kulushana Kamina. It wasn't for the entire generation of Chizkiyah because it was only a small period of time. But Ezra was around the time of Ezra. Anyway, Ani. Oimer, I also would add to it is that Mimoy's Rebbe by Ravashi. Ravashi was the one who uh, was the, one of the editors of the the, the Gemara Talmud Babli. He says Lo matzina Torah Gedulah Mokem Echad Veloi Vahahave Huna Bar Nosin Huna Bar Nosin was at the time of Ravashi, and he was also great in Torah. The Chori equal to. Rav Ashi, he submitted his authority to Rav Ashi, so it's still considered like Rav Ashi was greater, so therefore that statement is true, that from the days of Rebbe to the days of Rav Ashi, there wasn't anyone who was Torah Gedula B'Mokam Echad. Rabbi Akiva not mentioned? Not mentioned. He, I don't know, he was wealthy. Who, who said he was wealthy? So most, I did, did say that he was wealthy, but not necessarily of the greatest of the disagreeing, he says, I was in the Minyan and I, I voted not like this? I don't say he disagreed. I don't say that. Don't so say why, that. why is he bringing that? He's just saying, that Minyan that was referred to, I happen to be part of that Minyan. He's not arguing. We mentioned before that Rebbe, that Nimnu Gomri, and Rebbe's based in, he's saying, I was part of that based in. He's not arguing with it. Let's go on. So I'll tell the Mishnah. So now we continue with special takanas were made for the betterment of society. Now over here we're going to see there, were, there are people that even legally, minhat Torah, they don't have enough das to make, to fulfill a transaction. The problem was, is that, that they, that these people had a function in society on some level. And not giving them any jurisdiction or any legal bounding, they would not be able to function. So the one that says, cheresh, romez venirmas. Romez means, 
that he could use hand or head gestures to indicate what his position is. And near Maz means you can do the same thing to him. You can communicate with him either by him showing the hand and head gestures or him doing it to you. What's that? That is considered rabbinically, because Minat Torah, he doesn't have the dog. Rabbinically, we have considered that as a binding transaction. He says that actually he could use his mouth. Sounds like he could like mouth the words. He can use it and you can do, use the mouthing back to him. According to Tanakhama, that's not enough. You can't do that. It has to be actually some kind of more physical gesture with his hands, with his head. He's another time just moving his mouth is enough as well to make it binding. But all of these is only by metaltolin. This is true. They allowed it for metaltolin, but not for karkos, we're going to see. Now, Lechor, because metaltolin, he has to go in and buy, he has to go buy a loaf of bread. He's got to go buy in a yogurt. I mean, how about a, a, a thing of milk? You have to allow some form of communication, otherwise he won't be able to exist. Hapautos, Pautos also means young children. Young children too. You know, a kid going, goes to the store, if you say, oh, you're a, a kid can't make a Kenyan, you're also going to have a problem. Mecha, Mecha, the transactions, the transactions, Memkara, Memkara, and the sales, are sales, again, limited to Metalton, they did not allow it for real estate. Real estate they don't need for their daily existence. On that, they did not allow them to make. But for Metalton, they allowed sales like this to it. So, so why don't we use Okay. Okay. Okay, but this is rabbinical. I mean, we're talking about the rices over here. This works with the rabbona. That even though we saw here that there was a leniency by Ben Becerra to allow mouthing the words, he wouldn't allow it by a get. By a get, that wasn't, that leniency is off the table. It has to be a physical gesture, hand signals, head signals, in order for the get to be considered. Because remember, the marriage itself is only conditioned to Rabbanon. The get itself will be with rabbinical leniencies, but it only, can only be with the hand or head signals to show that that's the intent of the cherish. Cherish, by the way, means cherish, uh, it means, uh, uh, deaf and mute. Now, Shita says the Gemara, why, why would you think otherwise? The Metaltalin Tanan. The Mishnah says Metaltalin. Meaning, so it doesn't say gittin, right? Cherish is the elaine? What's that? Cherish is the elaine we're saying? Cherish is the elaine. Yeah, otherwise he could speak. He doesn't, he can't speak over here. He's deaf and he's mute. So more says like this. So more says, pshita metaltalin tanan. It says only metaltalin. It doesn't say gittin. You might have thought it means even metaltalin, you can go ahead and rely on this. I mean, it could be getting, they had to make a leniency, because if you let them get married, you have to figure out a way they can, but to apply it to all metaltalin, so maybe when it says metaltalin, it doesn't mean to exclude getting, it means, Include. include getting kamash malan. No, that it doesn't mean that. Therefore, this machlokus over here is only by metaltalin. It's not by getting. By getting taka, Bar ben Becerra would agree to the Tanakama that it has to be mouth or, or it has to be a hands or, or or head signals. Right now, there's a. Um, the, the Ikeda Amri, so, there's another version, actually, the opposite. Amrav Nachim Machlok is Mentaltalin, Kach Machlok is Megiddin. Actually, this Machlok is in our mission, it's called Mentaltalin, actually would also be the same Machlok as Tanakhaman and Bemsayr by Gittin as well. Pregnant more of Anan, Mentaltalin, and Tanakhaman. The mission says Mentaltalin, doesn't say Gittin. So he says, no, the way to read the mission is Tanakhaman, Av Mentaltalin, means even Mentaltalin, but for sure the same Machlok is applied by Gittin. Haput is Mechan Mechach, Bemechan Memkar Memkar. But outcoming, what age are we dealing with? How young? Can we say the sale of a, for metaltalin is a valid sale by a child? So Machli Rabbi Yehudi showed on his fingers. 
Six or seven. So the Rishonim speak out six for a girl. Girls develop quicker. So six for a girl, seven for a boy. Rav Kana Amar Shev Kvar Sheva Kvar Tmani seven or eight. Matnisatana Kvar Teisha Kvar Eser nine or ten. The Lord Pligi actually there is no machlokas going on. Chai Bechad Vichurfe is that actually you're dealing with each child has to be viewed based on their own acuity. So I guess there are developmental stages six or seven, seven or eight. And so therefore, depending on the child, do which do they hit which stage? Do they hit quicker depending on their own personal development. The time of my, what's the reason they allow these enactments? So In order for the child to be able to sustain himself, to be able to live, you can't buy basic necessities, they wouldn't be able to live. Right. There's a passage being brought down here from Divrei, uh, from, from Malachim. It says, uh, We'll see what Maltacha means. Go and dress and, and, and clothe. Whatever the story, the narrative of it. But go clothe the Ovdea Ba. Go get them clothing. So Gmarim says like this. Miltacha, like the word Ma- Ma- Maltacha. Ma- I think it's Maltacha, right? It's a comment under the... Uh, 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 is it Miltacha? I can't read it. Too small. What's the lettering under, in the Torah? With a segol or a... Miltacha. So what's a Miltacha? What is a Miltacha? So Amrav Aryakov, Amrav Yechon, and Davra Hanimla of It's actually material that is made by rolling it, which and and, and it stretches, which is linen. It means go give them linen clothing that they should get dressed. Kiyaz Rabdimi Amrav Yechonon Shigerlo Bunyam Ben Nunyam the Rebbe the Rebbe that there was a fellow whose name was Bunyam Ben Nunyam. He sent Rebbe the following items of clothing: Sivni v'Chomes Salsalo Umelmale. What are they? Sivni v'Chomes. That was, was some type of material that was so soft and 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 fold and, and they could fold it that the clothing itself could be folded to the size of one and a half nuts. I think it goes is a, is a hazelnut, I believe. Silsilomale, what is silsilomale? Kapistika upagapistika. It sounds like a pistachio, but rice means an acorn. One and a half. It could be folded to one and a half acorns. My milmale. What is milmale? Same thing. Davra nimlal. Contraction is something that can be rolled with your fingers when you and 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 even that, and it stretches. It's it's a uh, uh, it is uh, uh, a, a a what's his name? Um, it's linen. Now tausen atkama. These these this leniency that we said for children and for cheres is what is if they make a mistake in calculation, if they're underpaying or overpaying. We know that there is alochas by an adult is that if it's less than a shtus one six. That amount, less or, or, or more, or more than the value, it's nim mechila. He goes, now they, there's no mechila by them. So, and if it's the exact amount, you've got to give back the overcharge, the undercharge. And if it's more than a six above or below, it's mechach toes. So what is the ruling concerning that, that, that uh, overcharge or undercharge concerning these, 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 these children or the cherish? So I'm yon amazera, ajtus, it means up, as long as it's until a six, it doesn't hit the six yet. It has the same dinners of a gadol, and therefore there's mechila, and the sale goes through. What about a gift? We talk about sales till now. What about if a cotton give or a cherish give a gift? Now there's a question over here because you could argue they can be taken advantage of, right? So what's the story when they give a gift? So Rav Yema Amar Ein Matnos Matana. He says even though sales work, but gifts do not. Mar Ravashi Amar Matnos Matana. So Mar was the son of Ravashi. He said no, the Matana is a good Matana. Now what happened was we find throughout Shas is Rav Ashi 
had a Talmud whose name was Rav Mordechai. Now, now they sent the information that Mar, the son of Rav Ashi, they sent, now he had ruled actually that is a Matona, but they got confused and they ruled in his, they said that Mar Bar Rav Ashi said that it's not a good Matona, right? So Avchua Veshadrul Kamei Rav Mordechai. So Amar Lehu, Zilu Amalei Lebar Mar, go tell my, my, my teacher's son, go tell Marbar Avashi, Lavach Yavudah. He says, I remember exactly when your father taught us this halacha. You mean the Talmudim, they mamish know every nuance and every detail of the, uh, of, of, of the Rebbe. He says, I remember when the Rebbe taught it us. Kiyavakai Mar, that the, uh, the master of Ashi, Chad Kari Arachad Kari Adarga, he was getting, about to go onto steps. One foot was on the step, one foot was on the ground. And he told us, We asked him, What is the din of a matona by a cotton? And he said, It is a matona. But he got it, he corrected them. That's what Ravashi said. That's what Ravashi said. Mar wouldn't be arguing with his father. So why are you saying, he said, that it's not a good matona. The father said it is. And actually it was because they had switched it around. And whether it's a matona being given by someone in his deathbed, whether it's a good matana of a healthy person, where it's a lot of a lot of money, the matana, whether it is a small amount of money. Let's keep going. So the following enactments continuing with this Tikkun Olam was said for darkest Sholom for keeping the maintaining the peace. Here is the main sugya where we learn the order of Alias that we give out in the Torah. So when it says like this, Kayan Kaira Risha, and the Kayan is the first to read. By the way, in those days, when you got called up for the Aliyah, you also did the Kriya Torah. So they have Kayan Kaira Risha, Akrav is the Levi, Akrav, and after him is the Yisrael. So they shouldn't be fighting in Shul. Ah, I want the Aliyah, I want the Aliyah. No. That would be, this is the way it has to go. Me'arvin, the base buys Yosham. We know that there used to be something called an Erev Chatseris. Erev Chatseris means all the houses in the, in the, in the courtyard were separate with Shuzayachid, could not carry, there's a Takana, you can't carry one Shuzayachid until another Shuzayachid, until you do an Erev Chatseris. So there used to be one house that everybody used to give, co- contribute, and either money or food, and they used to be kept there, and that functioned to combine the entire Erev as one Shuzayachid, and then they could carry from one house to the other. So there was a big schus to have it done in your home. So therefore, they said, whatever the house that they started using in that Arab, you should always stay with it. The buyers got stay with it, because if you start allowing it to go to different houses, then what's going to happen? People are going to fight over it. So therefore, they made a takana that whatever house was used, Ma'arban Bivayz Yashem used that same thing. They made Dark Shalom for Dark Shalom. Furthermore, Bar Shahayyaka, this, this is the following uh, uh, interesting thing. What used to happen like this is you had fields that uh, were being all were being uh, irrigated from the same river. So there was a canal that would be made from the river, and that canal would run down, and and every person would take from that canal to irrigate their fields. Now, what they were afraid that sometimes that there would be a shortage of water, so people would make bar wells on their field close to the canal. That means that it would. If the, the, the bar would fill up, so even if there was no water coming from the river, then they could use the backup, they could use the bar. However, the way, they, the way it used to work is they used to stop up the river, the river used to overflow, and then fill up the, 
the bar. So they created, even though uh, logically it doesn't, it should make no difference whether you live closer to the river or further from the river. Either way, you should have the same access and rights to go ahead and fill up your bar. But for darkish shalom, they said the way to do it is we first allow the people closest. Once they've done it, go to the next one, then go to the next one. Even though legally, uh, from a financial sense, there should be no difference, but this they did, so there would not be machlokas as to who gets to stop up the river to fill up their bar. So bar shul the one that's closest to the canal, mismala rishon, is the one that fills first. We have traps. Now this is in a public property. People went out and set traps for wild animals, for birds, for fish. We're going to see, it's talking about there was no receptacle. I don't just have to see how these traps were. But you trapped it. Technically, you don't own it until you come and make a kenyan on it. So if somebody else wants to go into your trap, technically, but Chachamim said, no, we don't allow that. Again, because of, yes, a yesh bahen, the person who set the trap owns them, a yesh bahen, I'm sorry, that if anybody takes it from them, it's considered to be a gezel, it means it's not a real gezel, but it's a gezel because of darkeshalom. Now, Rabbi Yaisi, I'm a gezel gomer. Now, we're going to see why he calls it a real gezel. Technically, it should not be called a gezel. He does call it a gezel. Next, Mitzias Chereshait Rekotten. The Chereshait Rekotten finds something, a lost object. Technically, you could walk over to them. They don't own it. They can't make a Kenyan. Again, the home says darkeshalom, they made a gezel. Rabbi Yaisi, again, I'm a gezel gomer. We'll see exactly what the machlokis is. Next, Hamenake Verosha's eyes. Somebody climbs up to the top of a Azayas in a public property. What? Ani. Ani and Menachem. Oh, I'm sorry. Ani. Ani and Menachem Azayas. A poor person goes up to the, the top of a... of an olive olive tree and he starts trimming, cutting away at the olives so they should fall to the bottom. Right. Now, technically, that's not a Kenyan. He doesn't own it. So somebody at the bottom can say, oh... And he takes them. But that's going to create a lot of machlaikas. So they made a takara. That, that anything that falls from the top of the tree because the guy's cutting to the bottom of the tree, the guy on the top of the tree owns it. Yeah. It's like there's a Kenyan, even though technically... Uh, no, and it doesn't say necessarily... No, this is not shikha. Shikha is when the Balabais forgot it. We're not talking about shikha over here. I, think I, I don't see that it's talking about... What's that? It says shikha. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's interesting that they should go and cut it off at the end of the book. Peya, it could be Peya, I could understand. I'm a shikha, I don't see how this is shikha. Because he forgot it, like he didn't... No, no, he didn't forget it, he's just on top of the tree. I don't know, I don't know how, I don't, maybe I don't know the halachas that well. But it, I, I can see it being Peya, but I don't see it being uh, shikha necessarily, unless you say, I don't know, if it's attached to the tree and he forgot it, maybe. Maybe like this. Ani menakev berosh hazayis, ma'ashetachtov, Gezel, Mithnei Darkes Sholom. Is that what's, what's, be, what, what's beneath the tree is Gezel, but it's also because of, should not be a machlokus between them. Alright? Now, uh, uh, alright. Now, the time of Gezel Gomer. Now, say the more like this. Next. Aim, now, we, we have here, this is where Lekat Sheikh and Peya, they used to open up their lands, for Jews to come in and collect Lashon Kodesh. What happens if a non-Jewish Oni wanders in? So they made a Takona, there's also Dark Yisholem, Ein Mamachim Biyat Aniyeh You can't, when they made a Takona, you cannot uh, uh, protest them coming in to take the Leket Shechapeya because 
even though technically you're not going to find the mitzvah, but they said can give stuff to an because of show. But anyway, that's the issue over here. Let's go back to Where do we know? How do we know that you have to go the alias that has to be the Kohen has to go first? What's the source of that? So Amrav Masna Amakro, he says it says Vayichtav Moshe is a Torah. When he transmitted the Torah, he wrote the Torah. What did it say? As those Vayitna Ela Kohanim Bnei Levi. Now why does it have to say Kohanim Bnei Levi? Obviously, if they're Kohanim, they're Bnei Levi. So Atu Anu Lo Yadam. Do we not know the Kohanim Bnei Levi? Nino Ela Kohen Bereisha. That's the order. He first transmitted to the Kohen, then he gave Vada Levi, and that becomes the simon that that's how when we reenact the Matan Torah, and that's the order we. Do it for Krisa Torah. Rabbi Yitzchak and Avgamar may have a difference. But Nikshu Akohanim Bnei Levi again that they approach. Atu Anu Leidan. Do we not know that Kohanim Bnei Levi? Do Ella Kohen Bereisha Bahada Levi. Ravashi Amram Yalgav Amir Bnei Amram Aroin Umoisha says that the sons of Amram were Aron and Moshe. This is a pasuk that is in Divrei Hayomim actually. But it says by uh, it says the pasuk says like this. It says by Yibodel uh, Aron. Aron was separated Lagdisha Kodesh Kedoshim to sanctify him for the Kodesh Kedoshim. So what he, he, he wants to learn from that is that he was sanctified. His sanctity means that that's a simon that he should get first. The first aliyah. Rab Chiyabar Asha Amir Mahachat said the Kiddash, this is the puzzle usually brought down. The Kiddash, so you have an obligation to sanctify the Kohen. L'chol Darsh Kedusha, all matters of Kedusha, you allow the Kohen to go first. Tanib Rabbi Yishmol, the Kiddash teaches us many things. It says, L'chol Darsh Kedusha, that means that L'ftoach Berishon, he gets to read the first, uh, the first Aliyah, and also not only that, if there's a situation where they gather together, he's the first speaker, means he gets whatever covered, that it, it goes, to get him go first, you give it to him first. Also, Levarech, to make brachas, you make him let him go first. Rishon. What are the brachas you let him go first? Either it could be Amoitzi. Zimun. Or Kabirchas Amazon, right? Velita Almana Yafe, all Rishon. Also, before the first guy gets the first piece of pizza. The guy who gets the mana, the verse gets the first, he gets to take first, alright? So then why is the Mishnah saying that these things are because of Darkish Shalom? We just quote Psukim. If we quote Psukim, then Lachaira what? It's the Raisa. Kidakta is the Raisa. Amalei, the Raisa. He says, you're right. The, the shot in the Pasuk, the Raisa, is because of Darkish Shalom. So it says like this. He says, well, that does make sense. He says, because every mitzvah in the Torah, then you could say, the ways of the Torah are pleasant, but all its paths are because of Sholem. So then why is this one any more dark than any of the other mitzvahs in the Torah? So then when he says like this, you're right. There is a Makar in the Torah, so that the Takana is not because of Dark Shalom necessarily, because the Makar in the Torah is you always let the Kohen go first. I don't know, the Kachamim didn't have to come along and make, what's, what's the Takana for? For the following thing. For the following, for the teaching of my master, which was Rabbah. His Rabbah had a Talmud, a Rebbe Yosef, and his Rebbe was also his uncle Rabbah. Rabbah, Rabbah is Rabbah over here. The Sanya. If two people are eating, there's a Hasidish thing here. The People are eating out of the same pot. Okay, people are eating out of the same pot, and one guy has to go to the bathroom. They both, the other one should wait, because it's going to be a lot of stress if you're leaving one behind and he continues eating, and you had to step out for a moment. However, if three are eating and one has to step out, we're not going to make the two 
have to wait for the one. So they have a shloisha and mamtinin. Okay, that has nothing to do with us. Habitseya who paishit yaretchila. The guy who makes the mitzi and breaks the bread, he should take the first piece for himself. Now if he wants, he's got a Rebbe that's greater than him. And he wants to be mechabedim. Doesn't mean mechabedim that get in the first piece. Or mechabedim by... Because usually the balabayas is the one that makes the amoyti. He wants to mechabed someone to do it. Alright? This is where the Takana comes in. So even though we find you can give covered over to your, the, the Balabais can give it over to the greater person in the room, in the room for the, for, at, at the meal, but Amar Allah, he said, concerning this matter, my master, Rabbi said, that's only by a meal. In Shul not, in Shul, the Kayan says, my Rebbe's here, I want to give my Rebbe the first Aliyah, that you can't do. Because also in Suya, because that's going to create a lot of machlaikas. Who's great or who's not? There it has to be the Kohen. You cannot. It's actually a big, big shot. There are some shuls do Bechilos Kayan. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, you should not go do it. Going out might be easier than this. But in some places the Kohen stands and, and they give the Mechilas Kohen. You're saying over here, you should not. That creates machlaikas. Don't go ahead and do it. Let's see. Amar Rav Master. Had Amar, but Isaac Nesses, Loi, and that which they don't place, Loi Amar and Elevate Shabbos of Yom Tov. That's only on Shabbos and Yom that you shouldn't do it because uh, because we stick around because a lot of people are there it's going to create machlokes on Mondays and Thursdays most people are in work and you don't have that many people in shul so then you can talk a what allow a godel to go ahead and take the aliyah nowadays that does oh, Mr. Bruh, I think says nowadays people come to shul Mondays and Thursdays too there are a lot of people you can't do it nowadays either Aini says the Gemara that you're telling me that on Shabbos and Yom Tiv, you cannot give anyone other than a kayan Right, of who was a the, the, he was a great Talmud Chacham, who was the God of Ador actually. He used to get Kayan. He wasn't a Kayan on Shabbos and Yom that he got it. Shani Rav Huna, the Apilu Rav Ami Rav Asi. Rav Huna is different because even the greatest of the Kohanim, Rav Ami and Rav Asi, who lived in Eretz Yisrael, Kalkanik Hashivah Eretz Yisrael, Mechavikai Fulei, they submitted to his authority. It means if someone is a true Godel Ador, that all the Kohanim submit to him, he targeted against the first Aliyah. The Beis Yisrael says today, the Shulchan Aruch, nowadays there's no one of that status, and he's talking about in the 16th century. There's no one who can get no no Godel Ador anymore. Can get Kayan. Alright? Uh, this is how Abaya says, using his explanation from Rabbo, how we understand the Mishnah. That is the Darkest Shalom. The Darkest Shalom is not that you have to be Mechavah the Kohen. The Darkest Shalom is that in a Shul, that even though technically you are at the Suda allowed to say that my Rebbe or someone is, who's a great person is allowed to take the place of where you, if you were the Kohen, would be able to mechabit him, we don't allow that in Shul when there's a lot of people there because that will create some type of machlokas and that's the darkest Shalom Takana that the Mishnah was referencing. Shalom, have a good day and a wonderful Shabbos. Bye.